When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. All right. Earlier this week, the 2023 schedule was announced finally by the Mountain West. The dates are subject to change depending on what happens with TV stuff. So a game could get moved to a Friday or a Thursday or something like that. We'll find most of that out this summer once the TV assignments are officially announced. We at least know the weekends, though, so we can get just kind of an idea of what this 2023 season is going to look like under Jay Norvell. Obviously, big hopes for the Rams with the amount of talent that they have returning. We'll have to see what happens with the offensive line. That'll be one of the biggest keys in terms of whether or not this team is actually able to make a drastic improvement and push for the postseason, maybe even more. But I'll give some initial takeaways on this schedule, just kind of give my thoughts on the outlook going into it. The early buy is definitely not ideal. That said, there are still reasons for optimism, and there's just a lot to like about this slate. So I'll get into that. Before I do that, though, I am going to give some thoughts on the John Canzano report. If you missed that on Friday, John Canzano, who is an independent columnist, has covered the Pac-12 for a long time, really tied into the league. He reported that the Pac-12 group voted to approve further exploration of four universities for possible conference expansion. SMU and San Diego State are in that quartet. According to him, Colorado State may also be among the candidates, though. He's still trying to work on who that four school is. But we'll talk about that report, what it could possibly mean, and just kind of what needs to happen if CSU is ever going to be legitimately considered as one of the top G5 expansion candidates. The fact that they're not is disappointing, but it really comes down to on-field results. Anyways, we'll get into that momentarily. What I wanted to talk about in the intro, though, is McKenna Hofschild and Destiny Thurman, who were both honored by the Mountain West Conference. McKenna Hofschild, the Mountain West Player of the Year, really well-deserved honor for her, has helped guide CSU to an awesome season. They're the three seed in the Mountain West. Very well could have won the league, or at least pushed for it. I mean, UNLV is a wagon, so I want to give them the respect they deserve. Still think it's insane that the Rebels will have to win the Mountain West tournament to make the NCAA tournament, even after going 27-2, and being 4-0 in Q2 games, 18-0 in the league. I mean, they almost deserve Gonzaga treatment in this conference tournament and get, you know, a couple of buys. Anyways, McKenna Hofschild having a really big year, been just the catalyst for what has made CSU work. 
She led the league in scoring 21.78 points per game, shot 45% from the floor, uh, 40% from three, 80% from the free throw line. She dished out 6.5 assists per game in conference play. She had one of the best assist-to-turnover ratios in the entire country, and on top of that, she was a three-time Mountain West Player of the Week honoree this season. Should have been it four or five times, in my opinion. But basically, if your team does not go undefeated, you will not get that individual recognition. You see it on the men's side as well. But she has just been the definition of consistency since coming over. She's been a three-time all-conference selection since coming over from Seton Hall. We'll have an opportunity to be a four-time all-conference selection next year. She's the only player in program history to exceed 200 assists in a single season. And she's actually done that twice. As it currently stands, she has 529 career total assists, only behind Ellen Nistrom at this point. But considering she only needs 57 more to pass Ellen Nistrom, who had 585 in her tremendous career, uh, McKenna will most certainly break that record next year. More than likely will surpass Isaiah Stevens for the combined record as well, unless he comes back for a fifth year. But the simplest way to put it is just that McKenna Hofschild is one of the most gifted basketball players to ever wear a Rams uniform. She could get buckets anywhere in the country. She could be an all-conference player anywhere in the country. If she was a couple inches taller, she would be getting the same type of national love that players like Caitlin Clark get, would be getting a tons of you know, WNBA hype. Regardless of whether she goes on to play professionally in the U.S. or even anywhere, though, her college career is just insane. And I feel fortunate to have gotten an opportunity to watch her over these last couple of years. That's obviously not my primary beat, but just as a basketball fan, as a CSU alum and somebody that enjoys following this program, McKenna Hofschild is worth your time. She's worth the price of admission, however you want to phrase that. And I think the fact that she earned this honor by the coaches, we'll see who the media votes for. But the fact that the coaches picked her, I believe personally, is just a testament to the way that she plays the game. I mean, she really is a coach's dream. She makes everybody on the floor better. So a huge congratulations to McKenna. She most certainly deserves this award. Also on the all-conference team, they named 10 people on the all-conference team instead of doing first team and second team all-conference. I don't really get that. But if you were only going to pick five, I guarantee you that McKenna would have been on that list as well. Obviously, the fact that she's the player of the year. Her and Destiny Thurman both earned first-team all-conference honors. Destiny Thurman also named the newcomer of the year after averaging 13.44 points per game. She had 215 points this season. She shot 44% from the field, but also shot 44% from deep, 83% from the free-throw line, just a really lethal score an impactful rebounder at 5.38 per game, also averaged about one and a half steals per game, had 26 in league play, so she was a two-way player, not just dangerous as a scorer. But if you're not careful, she is most certainly capable of giving you a 30-piece in any given game. Just really has been a perfect addition to this Rams team. It's unfortunate that she can't come back next year. This was her fifth season. But in a lot of ways... Her impact this year reminds me of what Chandler Jacobs was able to do for the men's team last year, which is provide the ability to score at all three levels, can hit you with a killer three, athletic enough to put the ball on the floor and get to the hoop, but also active and engaged enough defensively and on the glass to be able to impact winning basketball, you know, even when they're not scoring. 
So she's just been great. Not surprised at all that she earned this honor. She's actually the third Ram in a row to win this award following up uh, Upe Atasu last year and McKenna Hofshield the season before that. Ryan Williams continues to go out and find impactful players in the transfer portal. And considering that the majority of these key contributors, including Hofshield, including Kinzer, who was named all-conference honorable mention, they're all coming back. If Williams can add another key piece or two via the transfer portal like he has these last couple of seasons, I mean, the possibility of the Rams making a deep run next year seems very, very high. I mean, hey, they still have the possibility of making a run this year as well. Anything is possible out in Vegas. But it's great to see these Rams getting individual recognition, and it is great to see that the future of this program feels so bright. All right, I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk about that John Canzano report and CSU being kind of floated as a potential Pac-12 expansion candidate. Real quick, though, when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. Backus and Shanker are free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients. Now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins, Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. I also want to talk to you guys about the American Raptors. They have joined a new league, the Columbia Rugby Federation. It's an intercontinental competition featuring six teams from South America. The Raptors are the only North American team in the competition, but they're going to play six matches at home, six matches on the road, and tickets are free for all the home matches at Infinity Park. All you got to do is head over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. And if you can't make the game, that's cool. They will be streaming on the website for free as well. What's really unique about the Raptors organization is they take former football players, lacrosse players, whatever, basketball, hockey, whatever it may be, they train them, turn them into rugby players, and it's really been quite a successful program. Stay up with all the news around the Raptors moves to the brand new Super Rugby Americas by following along on DNVR underscore rugby on Twitter. Our guy Colton Strickler, a CSU alum, will keep you updated with weekly podcasts and regular written content. He really does a great job of making rugby approachable for people like you, like me, who are maybe interested in learning more about the sport, but are intimidated because you just don't know a whole lot about it. Check it out. Follow all his coverage on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and get those free tickets at AmericanRaptors.com. Cool, cool, cool. If you missed it on Friday, John Canzano reported that the Pac-12 is basically exploring the possibility of expansion. They are looking into four schools. SMU and San Diego State are their top two. CSU may also be in the mix, according to John. Here is what he had to say. Colorado State would be a curious possible addition. It has a new football stadium and is a research university, but the Pac-12 already captures the Denver television market with Colorado for that reason. I believe any interest in Colorado State might be just that, exploration. So clearly some skepticism from John regarding whether or not CSU is a serious candidate. That said, if you're looking for a silver lining, they're not being blatantly ruled out like UNLV 
Boise State and Fresno State, who he writes specifically are not being considered by the Pac-12. My gut reaction is much like what Canzano wrote with CU still being in the in the league. I don't know if CSU would be super desirable just because you're not adding a new time zone and you don't need a travel partner because they have Utah at the moment. So the unfortunate reality is just that CSU would not really be bringing any more TV money because they're just not a national brand at the moment, have not had the on-field success to be the sexy candidate like a UCF, like a Cincinnati. And that's unfortunate because really CSU has all of the other selling points. This guy TJ Aldemore had a great tweet about CSU just kind of pointing out academically why they should be considered. CSU does $450 million a year in research. That's a lot. That's more than every Big 12 school other than Cincinnati. It's four times what Oregon does in more than Oregon State or Wazoo. It's 10 times what SMU, Baylor, or BYU do. So from an academic standpoint, CSU is a slam dunk addition, and that's huge because these decisions are still made by school presidents. When possible, they still want to be associated with the best schools in the country. And out of the schools that are not currently in a Power 5 league, CSU is probably the best choice in that regard. On top of that, you already have had a commitment to facilities. I mean, Canvas Stadium is incredible. The practice facility, everything that goes with that, the training, the recovery. CSU doesn't take a backseat to anyone when it comes to facilities. And that's another huge selling point when it comes to CSU and their future and, and why they could be considered for the P5. But unfortunately, other than a brief run with Jim McElwain, a year and a half run or so, we just have not had the sustained success on the football field to really be taken seriously. And that's unfortunate because to me, it feels like CSU really missed their window. They should have invested in a lot of this when the Rams were at their peak under Sonny Lubick, late 90s, early 2000s. And then they're probably a TCU or a Utah instead of the spot we're in right now, which is on the outside looking in. But even if I feel somewhat pessimistic about the realistic possibility of CSU getting into the Pac-12, especially as it's currently constructed, the truth is we really don't know what any of this is going to look like in five years. There may not even be a Pac-12. I don't think anybody can feel great knowing that the Big Ten could go in and nab Oregon or Washington at any given point. That alone is enough for the four corner schools to explore their possibilities with the Big 12 or something like that. Really, though, what it's all going to come down to is media revenue and whatever the Pac-12 is able to get. They're currently negotiating. The fact that they don't have a deal in place yet is not a strong indication of where they're at in terms of just a, a position of strength. They just don't have a ton of leverage. Truthfully, they probably wouldn't even be exploring expansion if they didn't feel that they needed it to get more TV dollars from ESPN, Fox, whoever ends up buying it. My point is, it's hard to forecast. All of this is still in flux. There's a real possibility that five years from now, the, the Pac-12 doesn't, doesn't even exist. Oregon and Washington, maybe Stanford, they're all in the Big Ten, depending on what happens with Notre Dame. The four corner schools could end up in the Big 12. And maybe as a result of that, you end up with Washington State and Oregon State in the Mountain West. I kind of doubt that Cal Berkeley would be willing to associate with this league, would probably rather go independent. 
or maybe neither of these leagues exists. Who knows? Maybe the Mountain West doesn't exist either because Oregon State, Washington State, San Diego State, SMU, Memphis, whatever, you know, some of these leftover schools from the AAC, Pac-12, Mountain West decide to form a best of the rest. I mean, there's a million different ways in which this could play out. The one thing that I know for sure is that if CSU wants to end up in a better position, they have to start winning. And the nice thing is, is this whole thing can change fast. Like if you can get back to the postseason, maybe rattle off a, a couple of 10-win seasons, win a Mountain West championship or something like that, with everything that CSU already has to offer, the resume that it has to offer academically from a facility standpoint, from the fact that you know you get a, a booming northern Colorado region that just continues to grow by the year, they've got everything else. They just have to start winning. They've got to start putting an on-field product that you know is going to generate interest nationally and is going to make them a desirable TV candidate, probably for late-night games, if we're being realistic. But with where CSU has been these last five, six years, sure, they're going to keep the, the possibility open. You know, the Big 12, the Pac-12, they're not necessarily going to be ghosting CSU or something like that but they're also not going to be the top choice. So we'll see. These are not new talking points. I've dove into this before, so I'm not going to go on and on, but this is going to be one of the most important time periods for CSU. And while I don't want to go the negative route, it's quite possible that they may have already missed their window. The only thing I know for sure is if they have five more years, like the last five, that window will definitely be closed, cemented and boarded. Anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about this 2023 schedule. Real quick, the madness is coming, and we've teamed up with Run Your Pool to give you a chance to compete in a bracket challenge. Fill out your picks for all 63 teams in the tournament. Get your points for each pick you get right. And what's really awesome is you have an opportunity to compete against the DNVR staff. You can compete against me. We'll see how you know your bracket squares up against mine. And if you get first place, not only... So you get hooked up with a $300 cash prize courtesy of Run Your Pool. You're also going to get a $75 DNVR locker gift card. Second place wins $150. Third place wins $50. And what's great, it's free to play. Head over to play.runyourpool.com slash DNVR and get your picks in when the bracket is live. You can also find the link in the podcast show description. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their friends together to connect and compete. RYP has over 50 game types for every sport you can think of. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming. With over 2 million players, there's no better place to run your bracket for your friends, family, or office. Finally, got to shout out the homies, the presenting sponsors over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Now is the perfect time to get in with DraftKings Sportsbook. We've got the conference tournaments coming up. You're always going to get some crazy games there. March Madness, there's nothing more fun to bet on than the craziness, the absurdity that is March Madness. If you're more of a baseball guy, now's a great time to get those futures in while it's still spring training. You can get some NFL draft picks after the combine. I mean, the possibilities really are endless over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And what's awesome is they're always giving you an opportunity at redemption. Right now, you can place a no-sweat SGP up to $10 for the NBA. What that is is a same-game parlay. The more legs you add, the better your odds are going to be. If your bet doesn't hit, though, you can get a bonus bet back up to $10. Get a second opportunity to make money. Imagine trying to do that at a sports book in Vegas. Your bet doesn't hit. 
You go up, you bring your losing ticket, and ask if you can get another shot. They'd laugh you out, but DraftKings Sportsbook, they've got your back. Download the app, sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, now that we've paid the bills, let's dive into this 2023 schedule a little bit. Again, these dates are subject to change for TV, but that's really only going to be by a day or two. It could get moved to a Friday or a Saturday. They're not going to get moved a, to a completely different week or something like that. But real quick, I'll go through the schedule, then I'll give some just general takeaways, and then I'll kind of go game by game, give, I guess, my way too early thoughts on it. It's way too early to give an official prediction or anything like that. But the Rams will open up the season against Washington State at home. That is on September 2nd. Time, TV, all of this still TBD. After a week two bye, we'll talk about that here coming up. CSU goes to CU for week three. That is September 16th. After that, the Rams will go to Murfreesboro, Tennessee for the second matchup with Middle Tennessee in that home and home. And then they'll host Utah Tech on September 30th. As it's currently slated, CSU's non-conference games all supposed to be on Saturdays. Though I would not be surprised if Washington State or CU ultimately got moved to Friday for TV purposes. We shall see. Kind of rapid fire, the Rams will open up the Mountain West slate on the road at Utah State. Then Boise State comes for homecoming on the 14th. CSU then plays their first game in Allegiant Stadium at UNLV on October 21st. Air Force comes to town on the 28th, and CSU goes to Laramie for the Border War on November 4th. San Diego State comes to Fort Collins on the 11th. Nevada comes to Fort Collins on November 18th. The Rams will play Hawaii in Week 12 on the island in the season finale. Getting into some just general takeaways on the schedule Clearly, the week two bye is not ideal. Having to play 11 straight weeks is going to be really challenging. The Rams, they explored the possibility of moving the Utah Tech game to week zero. From what I've been told, it was not possible. Logistically, you would need an interested TV partner, and that's just not going to be the case with Utah Tech. Not going to be very much national interest for a lowly FCS opponent like that. CSU also looked into the possibility of playing somebody else in week zero, and then they could have had the bye week five and played 13 games since they are going to Hawaii, but they were not able to find an opponent that worked out there either. So unfortunately, they're going to have to play 11 consecutive weeks. You know, hopefully by the end of the conference slate, you're still fairly whole, but that's definitely going to be a challenging stretch, a a real test of this team's toughness. The silver lining, I do like that you get to square up against a really talented Washington State team in the home opener. See where you're at. I'm hoping for a good crowd, hoping for a sellout, honestly. But you'll get to go up against a talented team, see where you're at, see where you need to improve, and then have two full weeks to prepare for CU, to watch them. The coaching staff is going to have an opportunity to get quite a bit of game film on them between the TCU and Nebraska games. And while I don't love the fact that they have a, a bye week two and have to play 11 straight weeks, I really don't hate getting the extra prep for CU. This is obviously a massive game. And when you look at their schedule, the fact that they open up against TCU, who's coming off of a national championship appearance, and then they host Nebraska the week before, I just wonder if they're going to overlook CSU. 
So I guess my long-winded point here sucks that they're going to have to play 11 straight weeks, but they were going to have some week three opponent, at least at CU, at least they get those two weeks, at least CU will be coming off of those two tough games and very well could overlook a CSU team that with an improved offensive line has the potential to be quite good this year and make some noise. Some other notes I have here, the Rams will play seven teams that qualified for the postseason in 2022. What I like is they don't have to play any back-to-back road games in conference play. The only back-to-back road game stretch they will have is in the non-conference slate. They don't have to play Air Force, Wyoming, and Boise in three straight weeks. They'll play uh, Air Force and Wyoming back-to-back weeks. feels like that happens every year. But it felt like during the Bobo era especially, they just played those three back-to-back-to-back and because he did not the Rams did not do well in those games. It was just a brutal month of three straight losses. Anyways, I like that those games are not all together. I like that Boise State is homecoming. I know that you would probably prefer to win on homecoming, but if you're going to have an epic crowd, I would rather have that crowd not get wasted. Or let me rephrase. I don't want the big crowd to be wasted on a lowly opponent. I want everybody in the crowd to get wasted and, and be rowdy. That's a joke. Don't get all up in your feelings. I got tongue-tied. I'm trying to recover here. But I like that those three aren't all back-to-back-to-back. I like that CSU ends with San Diego State and Nevada and then Hawaii. I feel like those are three fairly winnable games. I will say you don't really want to be in a position where you're going to the island and have to win that game for bowl eligibility. I believe in Hawaii under Timmy Chang. That is one of the best home field advantages in all of college football just because of the the travel component. I think that a lot of people assume that's a really fun trip for the team. Typically, it's not. It's a pretty quick turnaround. You spend a lot of time on a plane. Then you get there. You're trying to acclimate. You play a game. You come back. But the benefit of having that matchup in Week 12 is that CSU can go out a little earlier if they choose to, and I assume that they will since there's not going to be any school that week. So I actually like that they play Hawaii in in Week 12, in in that instance at least. I do understand that it would be fun to play the Border War or even Air Force Arrival in Week 12, have it be like Alabama-Auburn in the Iron Bowl. The tough part, though, with not having students on campus is attendance would really suffer. Also, you have a lot of people out of town for the holiday, so it just doesn't really work. I mean, selfishly, I like that CSU's playing Hawaii in Week 12-1 from a strategic standpoint. Like I said, they can get out there a little bit earlier, but also just selfishly, that means I'll get to see my family on Thanksgiving for the first time since 2016. Ultimately, I think there's a lot to like about this schedule if you're a Ram fan. Outside of Hawaii, you have really affordable road trips, Boulder in-state, Wyoming, that's nice and easy as long as you don't have weather, and that's certainly always a possibility in early November up there. UNLV, that's a fairly affordable trip for fans, although I do believe that game is the same weekend as the We Are Young Fest, so that might make it tougher hotel-wise. But for the most part, it's a pretty intriguing schedule. You've got a nice mix of quality opponents and, and winnable games. You're playing two intriguing P5 opponents, you get a good home slate, good homecoming game. And maybe by the time November 18th rolls around and Nevada comes into town, we can see a well-oiled machine in CSU football and kind of get revenge for the curb stomping they laid on us in Adazio's final game. Although maybe we should be appreciative of that because it got rid of the dude. Funny how life works that way. 
anyways, that's all I have. I'm not going to go game by game and give predictions or anything like that. We still need to find out more about these teams. There'll be more roster moves for everybody after spring ball. There's more transfers. You know, it's, it's a process. I'll need an opportunity to see this offensive line work, but I'm very excited. And I know all of you guys are too really looking forward to spring ball getting here, getting into some of that season preview content. When you truly love college athletics, there are slower times of the year, but there's never a real off season. There's never a time in which we aren't at some point thinking CSU football, CSU basketball. And that's why you, uh, that's why you sickos are here listening to the pod. So I can indulge you even when it's June or July or, you know, the deadest times of the year. All right. Well, that's all I've got for this one. Shout out to the presenting sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download that app. Use the code DNVR when you sign up. Hope everybody had a great weekend, a great start to your week whenever you happen to listen to this. Much love, y'all. Follow me out in Vegas this week. We'll have all kinds of content. I will be interacting. If you're out in Vegas, I'd love to say hi to you. I know some of my diehards will be out there like Aaron Harris, Domingo. Those are my dudes. But I love talking college hoops, CSU, conference realignment, whatever. We can talk Denver Broncos if you want. We could talk hip-hop albums. I just like the opportunity to meet you guys. Anyways, that's all I have for this one. Much love, y'all. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly, primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.